0: The only way I was going to be able to walk through and overcome the fears that I was facing was to make my faith greater than my fears.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Anxious and Ambitious podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and I'm on a mission to change the way that we think about anxiety. Oftentimes, it can feel like anxiety can get in the way of our ambitions, and I'm here to tell a different story. In each episode, we'll explore how we can manage our anxiety, heal our nervous system, and conquer our fears so we can shine as our most authentic self, go after our biggest dreams, and achieve our greatest ambitions. You'll hear stories from people who have been there themselves and strategies from experts who can help you thrive. Are you ready? Let's do this. Today, I am joined by Crystal Fry. Crystal is a vibrant and encouraging podcast host, a speaker and author, helping people around the world to discover God's word and transform their lives through deepening their relationship with Jesus Christ. After years of waiting through personal and professional setbacks, challenges, and obstacles, she's developed a heart of deep empathy for others and a faith-filled desire to help them break down the barriers to living a fulfilling life of purpose and meaning through their faith. I am so excited to share this conversation with you. Crystal and I dive so deep into a variety of topics, and particularly, we center our discussion around the relationship between fear and faith. This conversation was so enlightening for me, and I am so excited to be able to share it with you. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Hi, Crystal. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Nicole, it is my
0: pleasure to be here on the show with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait to jump into our conversation today. And I just, right up front, listeners, this is going to be a great conversation. So I'm excited to be along for the ride.
1: Yes, likewise. I am so excited for this conversation. We're going to dive into a discussion around the relationship between fear and faith. But I would really love to start by hearing a little bit more about your own personal journey, Crystal. So what has your experience been like with anxiety? Uh, So I've had a very
0: interesting relationship with anxiety, and um, I didn't really realize that that's what it was for me. um, Growing up, I was just kind of a a bright light child. And then there were a couple of instances of things that happened that really kind of um, taught me and i didn't learn this until later on but they really taught me to be quiet and sit down um they just some very particular instances and it created a space where i took on the belief where i needed to be still and i needed to be small and i needed to more or less be silent so um and that kind of that went into As I, you know, started to work and and got, you know, a corporate job and all of the things. then I really, really enjoyed being small because I felt like that was my place. And that is, you know, what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to be in the background. I was supposed to, you know, not be out in front. I was supposed to not be loud. I was really great at making other people look phenomenal because, you know, I, I envisioned myself almost as like the puppeteer in the background, you know. And you can never see, if you ever watch a marionette play, you never see the person controlling, you only see the marionette puppets on the stage. And so that's kind of how I envisioned myself as I was the person back behind the scenes making everything work. And that was just the way it was. And I had a tremendous fear of speaking in front of people. I could talk to you one-on-one and, you know, if I knew you and I was comfortable with you, like I could talk to you and have conversations, but to get in front of people in a business setting or in just even, um, when I first started singing in church, I was so nervous. I could hear my voice quiver and I refused to stand where anyone could see me. I actually stood in the back of the church, um, beside the organ (laughs) when I sang. And that I will say it gave me the benefit of learning how to really project and use the loudness that I had not tapped into. But even that, I just wanted to hide. I wanted to stay small because I felt like that's where I belonged. And then when I started to move out in front of people, um, I had a great boss years ago who, for whatever reason, decided that I needed to start being in front of people. And I wasn't very happy with him at the time, but I'm very grateful to him now um and he kind of started to push me out a little bit and that anxiety was was terrible it was tremendous i could my hands would shake and they would sweat and i could just like feel feel the heat and the redness like rising all the way up like it was just it was so uncomfortable and when i was done i just couldn't like i couldn't breathe and so that was like my public speaking anxiety And then when you come into like my personal life, I had anxiety around what everybody would think about me. You know, I struggled for years with imposter syndrome. You know, that's what we call it now. That's what it, the name of it is now. I struggled for years with that. I struggled for years with the overwhelming sense that I was not good enough and I was never going to be good enough. And that created so much anxiety in me. Every time I made a mistake, doesn't matter if it was big or if it was small, I beat myself up over the small stuff just as much as I did the big stuff, all of these things. And so my journey with anxiety has been one of those things where I'm like, you're my friend and I don't like you, you know, like you're my friend because you won't leave, but would you please get out of my life? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure your listeners can relate. I'm sure you can relate to that as well.
1: Oh, totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Even as you were describing those sensations, I can imagine that happening through my body. So I know this is a a common experience and I find it interesting how you had this anxiety around public speaking because now, you know, you're a podcaster, you are a speaker. And so it just goes to show that we really can develop a new relationship with our fear to move through those things. So I'd love to touch a little bit on this idea of imposter syndrome. Can you briefly like, explain a little bit about what imposter syndrome is and how it showed up in your life?
0: Absolutely. So imposter syndrome, at its core, the real basic definition essentially is feeling like a fraud. It's feeling like you are not qualified to be doing the thing that you're doing or to be in the space that you're in. And you are constantly, subconsciously or consciously waiting for someone to find out that you don't really belong there. And again, in my corporate career, I was there for 13 years. So I started out in an entry level position and really, you know, worked hard and worked my way up. And by the time I left, I, you know, was the director of marketing. I had my own team. I was in the executive leadership department, you know, all of the things, but I was constantly questioning myself, you know, and I, I listen, friends, I knew what I was doing. I was very good at my job. But because I lacked self-confidence, and because I struggled with my self-image and with my self-talk, and I struggled to see myself the way other people saw me, the way I was created to be, I didn't believe that what I was doing actually was worthy you know, of the position that I held. And so I struggled a lot with that and it created a lot of conflict with me. That's in the corporate world. In my personal life, I struggled with it as well. If you looked at me from the outside, married two kids <laughs> this is funny because i have a dog too i have a couple of dogs but you know at the, at the at one point you could have said i was the absolute typical american family married with 2.5 kids because the 0. 0.5 is actually the dog right and so you know i mean i was like this this perfect little image you know and that's that's what i wanted everyone to see I wanted everyone to see, you know, this woman who had it all put together, who wore makeup and nice hair and all the things and who was married and had great kids and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, but this is all like, I have those things, but it's all fake. Like, it's all fake. Like, y'all, I struggle all the time. I don't think I'm good enough for anything. And I am constantly waiting for the rest of y'all to figure that out you know, can can someone please just come and expose me so that I can get this over with? And and it was that struggle, that constant fear of like, somebody's going to find out that like, you know, my perfect life is not perfect. And thank you that I did not grow up with social media. My goodness. I can't even imagine what kind of a basket case I would have been if I was constantly into Instagram and Facebook and all the things back when I was in high school cuz ooh lord help us all but you know that the imposter syndrome shows up for us in a lot of different ways and the the thing about it is that we usually don't even realize that that's what we're in we don't recognize it because we're in the middle of it you know that saying you can't see the forest for the trees you know when you're standing there and all you're looking at is a tree you can't see the The fact that you're surrounded by worry, doubt, fear, anxiety, all of these things, not good enough, all of the things that are just surrounding you because you're just so busy staring at this one thing in front of you, trying to make sure that no one can see that you're you're not perfect.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. And you get so caught up with playing one role or playing one character that it becomes difficult to figure out who you truly are behind all of those roles that you play. And one of the things that I really love that you talk about is this idea of removing the mask and finding your empowerment. So, can you talk a little bit more about this?
0: Yes. So, and
1: as you were saying
0: that, the word that came up was the mask, like taking off the mask, because that's exactly. What my experience was. I sat down one day and I really just kind of realized like, this is, this can't be all that there is. Like, there has to be more. I have all this stuff and these things and whatever, but I am so empty and nobody really knows who I am. And I'm surrounded by people, yet I am incredibly lonely because nobody actually knows who i am and then and then i had this glorious revelation uh i don't actually know who i am <laughs> and so because i had spent so much time putting on this mask and putting on this mask and this was the mask for work and this was the mask for church and this was the mask for my husband and this was the mask for my kids and this was the mask for the rest of my family they all got a different mask none of them got the real me because I hadn't taken time to introduce myself to the real me
1: oh that really hits me in the heart I feel like for so many of us we're we've become so detached from who we are because it's so easy to we have all these different roles that we have to play and especially as women too there's even additional roles there like how to you know be a good girl be this proper woman And so what advice would you give to other women to help them in removing that mask and rediscovering their true self? So the best
0: thing, I can tell you what the turning point for me was. And and I hope that it is helpful to your listeners. And I know we're gonna talk about fear and faith and the role that they play together. Well, my faith is actually what wound up being the turning point for me in my self-discovery journey in that, that when I finally hit that place, I was looking at myself in the mirror one day and I was really struggling with the words that I was saying to myself, which I was really, really just mentally in a bad place with myself. And I, for your listeners, I grew up in the church. I, I um, kind of walked away for a little while and came back and, and it's been an interesting relationship, but I just looked at myself in the mirror one day and I said, you know, Crystal, if you believe that God made you and you do, right? Like that, that's my belief. And you believe that he doesn't make mistakes and you believe that what he makes is good. And, you know, you believe all of these things. How can you sit here and look at yourself and say these things to yourself. You know, it was kind of like that if you believe that God created you and God created all things that God created are good, then how can you tell yourself that you're bad? and And it was just really kind of like this this little light bulb moment where I was just so convicted to say, "Oh, my goodness, You know, like I have been trashing myself, and in essence, you know, trashing what I believe to be God's creation, which is me how like how can i do this right you know like these things don't line up anymore and so for for people out there who are really really struggling with where do you start i would say start whether you are a person of faith or not i would say start with the mirror and sit down with that person and look at them but don't look at them through the lens of everybody else you know, don't look at them through what you want people to see or what what other people's expectations of you are or any of those things. Look at that woman in the mirror or man for any of our, our men, you know, look at that person in the mirror and just get to know them. Like just look at them and appreciate them for the incredible... Creation that they are. Because if we look at just how we are made up physically, it's mind blowing to think about how everything in your body comes together to work so that we can function as human beings. Come back into that place of just being grateful to draw air into your lungs. And when we start to come back to a very basic center, Just a very basic, like, I am here and I am alive and I am drawing breath in my lungs. And in my opinion, that means I still have purpose. So, you know, it's kind of this mental shift that we have where we're like, you know what, if we're here, we might as well make the most of it. So let's do this. So that's that was probably a really long Mm -hmm. answer to be like, (laughs) get eyeball to eyeball with yourself and be like self. It's it's been rocky, but you know what? I love you and you have value and you're worthy and we're gonna figure it out.
1: Oh, that is so beautiful. That was beautifully put. And I think you're so right. You know, this idea of getting to know your real self, looking that self in the mirror, if you have a faith, getting to know, you know, the essence of who you are as God's child. And for me, this idea of reconnecting with my body and who I who I am as a soul, apart from these different identities was really huge in not only overcoming a lot of my fears and anxieties, but also gaining clarity on my ambitions and what am I really here to do? So I really encourage anyone listening to, to take that advice and um, do that digging.
0: It's work, but it's worth it. Mm. It's worth it. I do not want anyone to be like, oh, I'm just going to go have like a five second, like, hey, high five, I love you in the mirror. And it's all going to be all good. Like, depending on where you are and what you've been through, there may be a lot to unpack and and walk through and deal with. And there are going to be some days that are better than others, but that's okay. Like that is, we never arrive. We are always on the journey. And that's what's so beautiful about it. Like we're constantly growing, we're constantly evolving, we're constantly developing, we're constantly learning new things. And if we look at it like a journey instead of why am I not there yet? Well, cause you never get there, you know, like I've been on this journey for years now and I'm still like, Ooh, yeah, I hear you imposter syndrome trying to creep up. Like I hear you fear. I hear you anxiety. And some days they win, you know? So I'm I'm very transparent in that. Like, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together, but I'm a lot more together than I used to be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And I mean, I think for many of us, we wish that we could just race to that destination, but really the joy is in the journey. So I love that you touched on that. And so how has your faith helped you in this journey to to becoming this woman that you are today
0: it has had a tremendous role um like I said earlier I grew up in the church um on my website uh my ministry tab it says I was called at eight I answered at 39 so y'all I was a slow learner and that's okay you know like it took me (laughs) it took me a minute and it took me a lot of touches and Through this beautiful journey, one of the things that I really started to understand and realize was that God never stopped pursuing me. Even when, you know, when I kind of stepped away and when I really wasn't paying attention, there would always be these moments where I knew that he was calling me back in. And I, um, like, like many sheep, um, I'm actually reading right now a book about, um, it's a shepherd looks at Psalm 23. So it's, it's all about sheep and shepherds and and really breaking down that particular um, passage of scripture is to better understand the way it was written. I highly recommend it. Um, But we are often like sheep, you know, Um, we, (laughs) we don't think things through all the way. Uh, We are stubborn and all of those things. And even through all of that, difficulty i always felt like god was really pursuing me and that really started to come to light over the last couple of years and it was just a calling back in for me to realize that in order for me to move forward in order for me to really grab hold of everything that i was created to do i needed i needed to build my faith back up because the only way I was going to be able to walk through and overcome the fears that I was facing was to make my faith greater than my fears. Mm -hmm. And so that, um, that has been a huge part of the journey in the last several years is going through and saying, listen, you know, when I walked away from my job, um, 13 years, I was making six figures. I was all the things, right? Blue, 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 blue. And God was like, oh, it's time to leave now. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, where are we going? Uh, You know, <laughs> I was like, um, you want me to walk? Up? Okay, fine. It took me like eight months before I actually walked away because there was fear and there was anxiety and there was so much uncertainty. And I prayed about it all the time. And I was just like, you know, God, I need you to show me. And he was like, no, I just need you to go. And I'm like, but you got to show me like, no, I just need you to go, you know? And so for months I struggled with this and I talked to my husband about it. And at first he was like, you can't quit your job. You know, like he's, he is wonderful and he is supportive. Um, but my income was the main income in the household, you know, his he definitely has an income but it wasn't as much as mine and so we had built a lifestyle that was dependent upon both of our incomes and so to take away a big chunk of that uh you know i mean that's what would anybody say no you can't do that you know and so it took it took months of you know conversations and talking about faith with him and you know understanding that i really really feel like this i'm being called out of this place and the final piece of confirmation because I prayed I was like god I need him on board. You know, I can't just walk away from my job and you know, disrupt our family life and all of that like I need him on board. And so the final straw came. I was uh I was scheduled to be off work and I had to get on a phone call um and it actually wound up being pointless for me to be on that phone call. You know, so it was a disruption to my day off and all of these things and I finally I just looked at him and said I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. Like my hair was literally starting to fall out because of all of the stress. Um, Because every single place I turned, there was a roadblock. There was just, I was so uncomfortable. And, And I told my husband, I said, I just can't do this anymore. And he said, well, if you've made up your mind, then it's time to go. He's like, don't wait, put in your notice and go. We will figure it out. We will be okay. We always have been. And that was like, that was the final piece of confirmation that I needed. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, let's do this. And I was so excited. And then I put in my notice and, you know, did all the things. And, and when I left that job, I thought, okay, great. Well, I'm doing some coaching. So I'll just, I'll keep doing coaching. Like I'll get more clients and all of that stuff. And it'll be great. And, you know, it'll be just wonderful. And then I spent the next three months in a depression slide because nothing was happening and i was i was decompressing from 13 years of corporate life and i had no idea what to do and that was really scary and um it it turns out it was actually necessary i didn't realize it at the time i was starting to slide back into this like Crystal, what are you doing? Like, you're not doing anything. And, you know, like there was this anxiety that started to come back up with, you have to do something because, you know, you have to, like, you have to make money, right? Like you have to pay your house payment. Like you have to get income coming in. Like you have to do all these things. And, and it really started to pull me into this place where I wasn't sure what to do. And that again, is where my faith came back in. And it was, you know, just this calming, reassuring if you will just trust me, I've got this, you know, like I, again, I firmly believe I believe the word. And he says, God says that he is my provider. He is my protector. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I have no reason to fear because he is with me. The words do not fear are written like 365 times, right? You see that somewhere It's 365 times one for every day. It's in there so much because that's what we struggle with the most is the fear and anxiety. And so that is exactly what I needed. I needed that constant reminder that I don't have to fear. All I have to do is trust. And Mm -hmm. I can learn to let go of the outcome because as long as I'm doing what I believe I'm being called to do, I don't have to worry about the rest of it.
1: Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. Oh, That gave me goosebumps when you were talking about that final moment to leave your job, because I really feel that in my soul. And I mean, talk about a leap of faith, right? You know, I think it's interesting that you talked about that idea of going into that period of darkness after you took that leap. And I know the same thing happened for me. And my opinion on it all is that I had all these different beliefs and layers that I had picked up until that point that I now needed to shed to live this new life. But a lot of the time, especially when you're anxious, it can be easy to want to just leave that again, right? You take the leap and you're like, no, 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 I want to go back, right? right. So so how did you get through that time?
0: So, and there were, uh, again, transparency. I love it. There were many times, not only in that period, but even after I started to come out of that period where I was just kind of like, uh, oh, like, I don't really see it. Uh, I think I'm just going to go get like a part-time job, you know, or even just something, you know, and every single time If I got on LinkedIn and started looking at jobs, if I just even had the thought, like maybe I'll just see, you know, who's hiring and what's out there. Every single time I would almost immediately feel this conviction to say, I didn't tell you to go back to work. I didn't tell you to go work for someone else. I told you to do this, you know, and that three month period, like you said. There were so many layers that had been built up that then needed to be shed. Friends, most of the time, we have to do that in isolation. And so there are many times where we will kind of be pulled away from other things because we need to unpack and unload and get rid of things that don't belong to us, you know, that we've picked up along the way and we're carrying with us like, You know, fear, anxiety, beliefs that we're not good enough, that we don't deserve it, self-sabotage. Hello, I'm the queen. No, I was the queen, not the queen anymore, of self-sabotage. You know, all of those things, we pick them up and we don't realize that we do. And it's not until we can be still and we can be in that place of isolation that we can really start to peel those things off of us. Because that only when you are still and quiet and you actually have the space to process, can you realize how much you're carrying around
1: that doesn't belong to you? Oh my gosh, yeah. There can be so much weight. And I don't think we realize how much weight we often carry around with us of not only those roles that we play, but also these beliefs that we're talking about here. And so for you, what do you feel like was one of the strongest limiting beliefs that you had to break through? Uh,
0: I didn't deserve it. and and that that was what it was. like i I had made too many mistakes. Um, I had messed up too many times and and I didn't deserve anything good. And it's very interesting how our how our brains work and how psychology works, and how all of those things, you know that that things that tie in here, there, and everywhere, um, it it became a cycle. I believed that I didn't deserve it because I was, I won't say that I was inherently bad because I didn't really think I was bad, but I had made mistakes and trying to reconcile the fact that, you know, most mistakes are not um, fatal, you know, like <laughs> most of them, I won't say all of them because, you know, but most mistakes aren't actually fatal. You can move through them. You can move past them. You can get beyond them. But I wasn't at that place yet. And so it was this cycle where I didn't deserve it. And so I would inevitably do something to sabotage anything good that was coming my way. I would start going down a good path and and things would start going well. and, And I would start to feel some joy. And it's almost like I didn't know how to receive that. And because I didn't know how to receive it, I would inevitably do something to mess up that good thing.
1: Mm.
0: And that is that, like, that was the number one thing for me. It was the, I don't deserve it because I'm not good enough. And so I, I can't allow myself to have the goodness
1: that's coming towards me. Right. And I love how you touched on the fact that that really creates a circle or a cycle because it's so true. And unless we actually break through those limiting beliefs, then we find ourselves in the same situation again and again. And we're oftentimes like, well, why? Why am I here again? Because you haven't learned the lesson yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If I could go and um, scream that to my younger self, (laughs) that would be great. (laughs) Yes. And so what do you think was the key in really breaking that cycle and standing in your self-worth? For me,
0: it was really going in back to, again, that pinpoint realization of, wait a minute, you know, God created me and what God created is good. Therefore, I am good. So I needed to change the way I was looking at myself and I, I started to do a lot of study about okay well obviously what I say about myself is not it so like I need to I need to go to a higher power I need to get into a greater authority here what does God say about me because He's the one who created me so what does He say about me as His creation and in Ephesians two ten so clearly it says that we are God's workmanship we are His masterpiece we are. We are, oh, that is just, Ooh, I have goosebumps right now. Like we are, not we were, we are, you know, in the creation story, God created all of these things by his words. He created, you know, said, let there be light, let there be this, let there be that. He spoke all of those. When it came time for him to create man, he got his hands down in the dirt. You know, he said, let us make them in our image. He didn't make animals in his image. He didn't make the sunset in his image, even though it's incredibly gorgeous and beautiful, you know, like uh, nature. He didn't make any of that in his image. He made us in his image. And when I really started to grasp that and I really started to cling to it and hang on to that, that really helped me to start seeing myself the way God sees me. So I spent a lot of time like in the word going, okay, well, what does God say about me? You know, like <laughs> because again, my self-talk, y'all, that's not it. Like, that's not where it was. It was not good. <laughs> so I needed to go and figure out what he said about me. And then I could take that in and, you know, repeat that to myself. You know, I think affirmations are a wonderful thing, but you have to, like, they have to have meaning. They have to have, you know, things behind them. You can't just say like, I'm a rock star. <laughs> sure you are. You know, like you can't just say things. Our words are so powerful, but they need to have that meaning behind it. They need to have the truth behind it. So instead, as I'm looking in the word, I say, okay, well, I am God's masterpiece. I am his workmanship. I was created and crafted with such loving care. Like every detail is known about me. Every hair on my head is counted. How worthy am I? You know, how much value do I have that the God who created everything just so happens to know every single hair that's on my head? I mean, you know, when you really kind of start to make that connection, it creates a shift in your life mm-hmm. and allows you to be open to saying, okay, well, you know, like if, if, if this is, you know, well, if this is what you say about me, then, then all right, you know, let's, let's, then how do I keep this feeling? You know, like how do I keep this goodness? And again, it's by continuing that walk, you know, it's continuing. And it's when you hear things come up that say, yeah, but you have to stop that voice. Like Mm -hmm. I, I call mine Susan, no offense to anyone named Susan, but that's just, That's just the name that I have named my negative voice in my head. Her name is Susan. And I will at times literally be like, shut up, Susan, not today. You know, like we have to shut the door on that and we have to refocus our thoughts on going forward.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so good. And the power of the word, like how you touched on at the beginning, that is so key and i love that you've used scripture to put more power behind your words because i think for a lot of us we try the whole you know okay i'll say the positive affirmations but each day when you say them you don't fully believe them (laughs) so putting some sort of power behind that um self-talk and i know that self-talk can play a huge huge role in our life and this is a key theme that i hear you talking about quite often so what are some ways in addition to reading scripture that you really learned to win that battle between that mean voice of Susan in your head and who you really are?
0: So in addition to the word, I also started to just surround myself with other um just other confirming and affirming people, places, things. Um, so books, books that I would read or that I would listen to on Audible. Um, I love a good book. I just don't always have time to sit down and read it. So, but Audible is a wonderful little thing where while I was getting ready in the morning or whatever, or I'm on my walk or whatever, I can have something on. And um, Joyce Meyer is one who's written a lot of amazing books about the battle of the mind. Um, she actually has a book called Battlefield of the Mind but that talks about the connection between our thoughts and our words and how we see ourselves and everything, of course, that she talks about is backed by scripture. Um, even so I listened to Jen Sincero. Um, you are a badass. like that is an empowering type of, you know, sometimes we have to hear someone tell us, or we have to read someone tell us you have the power to take control. Like Our choices are our choices. The greatest gift we were given, not the greatest, one of the greatest gifts we were given was freedom of choice in our lives. We are, we have the ability to make our own choices. We also have to take responsibility for them, good, bad, right, or wrong. You know, but we get to decide what our thoughts are. We get to decide whether or not we're going to believe the lie. And so I would watch um, I would watch uh, pastors on YouTube. I would watch, you know, T.D. Jakes. Woo, T.D. Jakes will. Add. There have been multiple sermons that he has done where I have found myself in tears just because I'm like, oh my gosh, you're like preaching right to me. And then I look at the video and I'm like, that was three years ago, you know? like. <laughs> but it was what I needed right now. So, you know, I just started to be really intentional about surrounding myself. I started to pay more attention to what was I listening to? What was I reading? What was I watching? Who was I talking to? That was another thing too, because the conversations that you have with people impact, you know, of course they impact how you feel and how you think about yourself. I started to monitor my social media, my, my social media intake. Like if I'm scrolling, how do I feel while I'm scrolling? You're like, how am I feeling while I'm looking at the things that I'm looking at? And I actually wound up taking a big chunk break from Facebook because for me, what I was looking at, it were creating toxic thoughts for me. Because I was comparing and I was thinking, you know, I was like, well, I can't do that. You know, the thoughts that I I was thinking while I was looking at the things I was looking at were not the direction I wanted to go. So it was really just about being very intentional and deciding that I wanted to be the one in control of what I was going to allow to influence me.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's so huge. And especially in today's world of social media, I think most of us can relate to that. We go to social media to scroll through and oftentimes distract us from our lives. And then we don't realize that it's actually making us more stressed and more anxious. And so, I think it's really important, like you said, that we overwrite these words that we tell ourselves, as well as listening to audiobooks and discovering who you're surrounding yourself with. And so, I would really encourage listeners to, if you find that you have those negative thoughts coming in and a lot of negative self talk, to figure out that thing for you. And, you know, if you're religious, maybe that is a walk through the word with Crystal, which we will talk about in a little bit, or reading the Bible. And I know for me, one of the resources that comes to mind for me that I listened to was. Um, it's a book called "Unfuck Yourself." Uh, I have get...
0: seen that. I haven't read it yet, but
1: I have seen that. <laughs> yeah. So the subtext is get out of your head and into your life. And I think this is so true for many of us, especially if you're anxious and ambitious. We live we live so much of our lives up in our head, either dreaming about these ambitions or worrying about the future, and then we forget to actually be in our life. And so yes. when I was back in my corporate job before I made the leap into this more entrepreneurial space I listened to this book on repeat again and again and again on the way to and from work and my whole thought process was my inner voice is a little bitch like whatever yeah. she tells me, <laughs> yeah so say like, I'm saying, like <laughs> susan like uh- go <laughs> Seriously though, and I was like, I need to replace this little whiny, scaredy voice with this badass Scottish man. (laughs) So his voice is like a Scottish accent. He's very tough. Love the opposite of my inner voice. So I would encourage you, you know, find that that words that resonate with you that can help to replace and overwrite. Because it's not just enough to identify those limiting beliefs and be like, oh, I'm not going to think that anymore. You actually have to replace it.
0: And I, it's so funny that you, that you bring that up. Cause it's so true. I actually wrote a, um, a little ebook it's called five steps to get out of your own way. Okay. And it's, it's available on my website. It's a free download on my website and I'll make sure that Nicole has the link to that, but essentially it walks through the five steps that I went through over and over and over again to change my thought patterns. And The first step is understanding, realizing, and recognizing that you have them. You know, it's like, it's like going to AA, right? The first step to overcoming any problem is realizing that you have one. Our negative self-talk is a problem because it stops us from becoming the full expression of who we were created to be because we, we can start or stop anything in our minds And so, you know, it just walks you through um, when you have to identify Two, like, you have to learn, you have to learn how to release them. But also you can't just, like you said, you can't just be like, oh, I'm not going to think that anymore. You know, and think that you're all good. You can't be like, oh, go away, negative thoughts. You know, be free because now you have an empty spot. And if you don't replace what you got rid of, with something that is going to be life-giving and affirming for you then you're just leaving the empty space for the negative thoughts to come back in. So, um so yeah, I'll make sure that you have the link to that because it is it's a quick read. It's, you know, it's five steps to get out of your own way because I was so much in my own way and all of the things that I have done or created, I've done them and created them because I needed them. Like, this is what I needed. And so I feel really, I feel really passionate that I'm not the only one in the world who needs them. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, thank you for that. That sounds so helpful. I'll be sure to link that in the episode notes. So go and check that out if you're interested. And just tagging onto this idea here of the importance of not just letting it go and replacing it, I think as people with anxiety, it's so common to hear this idea of, oh, just let it go, right? Don't worry about it. And (laughs) easier said than done, right? For anybody who has anxiety, they can know this is not the case. It's not just as easy as letting it go. I'm pretty sure that that advice has worked for zero people. (laughs) Yeah. And so I love how in your story in your life, you've really replaced a lot of those fearful thoughts with faith. And I I really see faith as like a huge an- antidote to fear. Can you talk a little bit more about why you think faith is so huge in overcoming fear?
0: Absolutely. So, here is the thing and again, this this goes back to scripture for me. Because there I have read many, many stories in the Bible about those people who were called and they faced fear. Like there is a very distinct pattern that happens in many many of the stories throughout Old Testament and New Testament. There is a person who is called to do something, it's bigger than they are, they are afraid. As soon as that happens, then comes in God to say, um, I told you to do this. I got you. You don't have to be afraid. It repeats itself over and over again. Moses, um, joshua uh, jeremiah i mean all of them like really just and and so as because um <laughs> because when the bible was written you know they didn't have things like italics and bold font and you know like i mean i guess they could have underlined but you know like They didn't use the things that we use today to make things hey this is important you know and draw attention to it and so the pattern that god uses in his word to bring attention to things that are important is repetition if it's important it gets repeated and it gets repeated and it gets repeated and so as i was going through my own journey and as i continue to go through my journey What I see over and over and over again is this constant reminder to not be afraid. You know, we get told over and over in the Old Testament, and Jesus tells us over and over in the New Testament, and the apostles, you know, Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament over and over, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. So to me, that tells me that fear is going to be a big deal for us but it doesn't have to be, you know, it's going to be a big deal for us because it's talked about so much. That means we're going to face it a lot, but we don't have to let it win. And, and that is like, that's the key thing. And like I said earlier, you know, making sure that our faith is just, it's just gotta be a little bit bigger than your fear. At some point, it'll be a lot bigger than your fear. But when you're in that journey of turning the corner, you know, when you're in that place of, you know, here, here's, you start, here's my faith down here and here's my fear up here. And as you start to kind of grow and that faith rises and that fear kind of shrinks a little bit and you get to this one little place where they're kind of right here at the same, you just got to get that fear to get, or you got to get that fear to get right underneath the faith Got to get that faith to be just bigger than the fear. And the best way that I have found to do that is to, and it takes work, friends, like it, again, it takes work, but is to sit down in the belief that I am going to believe that God has my back. Mm. Like if I am doing what he is calling me to do, whatever that is, friends, for me, it looks like um, an interesting form of ministry where I have a podcast and I speak and I write books and I do all the things. Okay. That's what it looks like for me. For other people, it looks like being the most amazing janitor in the entire world, you know, who smiles at people and who is friendly. It's all spectrums of everything. You know, there's a scripture that says, whatever you do, do it for the Lord, because, you know, because you're working for him, not for men. So all of those things. But as you start to make that turning point, you really have to sit down and root yourself in the belief that if you are doing what God has asked you to do, then he is going to provide the way for it to happen. Mm. understanding that it may not look the way it's so you think it's going to this does y'all this does not look like what I thought it would when I was like okay I'm gonna walk away from my job ministry wasn't even a thing like that wasn't even a thought (laughs) I was gonna be um a women's empowerment coach and that is what I was gonna do when I left my job and then (laughs) and then God was like yeah no I need to do something else so but it's really that I believe it. And I have to tell myself, I have to say that some days a lot, when things aren't lining up, when, when I'm hearing more no than I am yes, when I'm feeling kind of frustrated because I'm doing what you told me to, but I don't see the fruit, right? I'm, I'm putting in the labor, but I don't see the fruit. I have to stop myself and say, you know what? No. I believe you and I trust you. God, I believe you and I trust you. I believe you and I trust you. I believe you and I trust you. And that is what helps to grow my faith is when I come to those obstacles, not allowing the fear to make me shrink, but instead pressing in and saying, no, I believe you and I trust you. You called me to do this and this is what I'm gonna do. And it, it just, it takes time and it takes practice, you know, like, so friends, before we started recording, I asked Nicole about her beautiful hairstyle because I want it. Um, And so she was telling me it just takes practice, you know, like to get it, to get it just right. It just takes practice. This is the same thing. It takes practice. It takes practice.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It takes practice and it takes repetition, right? And so that's why I love what you're doing with your podcast and having this ability to walk through the word daily. So if you wanted somebody to walk through it with you, you could listen to Crystal's podcast daily to help grow this faith. So thank you, Crystal, for this work that you are doing. And I love that you touched on the idea of making your faith bigger than your fear because, I mean, from my like analytical brain, I guess, I like to look at the definitions of it and, and sort of see how, in a logical way, the faith really is an antidote to the fear. And so when we look at the definitions, I mean, like, anxiety is this feeling of worry or unease about some sort of uncertain outcome about the future right? And the same thing with fear. It's like you have an uncertain feeling about the future and you feel like it could be something dangerous or painful or threatening. And so you're fearful. But when you have faith, like you said, you have that belief and you have that trust and you have that confidence. And so how can you move forward from a state of anxiety when you're rooted in that place of belief and trust, and this reminds me of a quote that I just love. I think it's like one of my favorite quotes with regards to anxiety is that those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. Yes, and so that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you really highlighted that idea of creating that belief and trust and certainty through your faith. And so that even if you're not seeing the fruits of your labor appear right away, you don't have to worry because you know, in certainty that you are held. And that it, that it makes me think of, um,
0: one, of something that a very near and dear friend of mine, um, my Rosie, I call her my Rosie, wholehearted Rosie. Um, she and I have done a lot of heart work together. And as we continue to move through this journey, um, one of the things that she told me is about a year ago so i've really held on to it she said crystal i've got something i want you to repeat to yourself when you get into that place of fear uncertainty things like that and i was like all right cool what is it like lay it on me you know like <laughs> and it's just simply this i don't know but i know the one who does and so just that understanding that I don't have to know how it's all going to work out. I don't have to know what it's going to look like. I don't have to know that it's releasing yourself from the outcome, you know, from what you think it's supposed to look like and all of those things, because if we are trying to move forward in what God's will is for our life, and we say, you know, not my will, but yours be done, we have to remember that it's not always going to look the way that we think it should. (laughs) It's not always going to look the way that we want it to, you know, it's not always going to look at the way that we imagine. But the beautiful thing about that is that whatever it is that we think we want, what God has for us is so much better. You know, it's so much better than anything that we could imagine. And so when she gave that, that one little, That's my affirmation. You know, I don't know, but I know the one who does. And that just reminds me that Crystal, you don't have to, you can, like a lot of times my my brain is so visual. And so a lot of times I have to imagine my clenched fist opening up because you cannot receive anything in a clenched fist. You know, your hand has to be open in order for you to receive. And so when I get into a state of worry, fear, doubt, anxiety, all of those things, to me, my brain gives me this mental image of, you know, hands clenched up tight in fist. And just by reminding myself that I don't have to worry about it because he's got it allows me to open up those hands so that I can receive.
1: Mm, that's beautiful. It's almost like a physical representation of surrendering.
0: Yes. <clears throat> And you can feel that in your body, too. if you if you do that because fear, anxiety, worry, friends, you know what that feels like. It feels like tightness in your muscles and tension, and just like this, ah, you know, this this it is just tension, and I I don't like it. But you know, yeah I know that feeling. And then when you just release, it is an actual like you can, you can feel your muscles relax and you can feel that tension leave. And, and again, for me, it's all in because like, that's, that's where that faith comes back in
1: and reminds me that it's all good. It's all good. Mm, Yeah. Mm, That's so right. We go from feeling tense, you know, when you're in that fear to really feeling like you're in flow. I feel like yes, when you're in that place of faith. And so I'm curious about this because I know for for some of us, our faith gets disrupted at different times in our life, right? From different life events, maybe, you know, you had some sort of situation in your religion or even sometimes in the world, right? Like I know when the pandemic came around, a lot of people were like, well, if God is real, then why is all this suffering happening? And so what would you recommend for listeners to do when they feel like their fear is disrupting their faith? Go back to the word
0: um that is by and large and and listen i understand like there are a lot of times where there've been a lot of situations in my life where i have questioned and i've had questions and um and i've run from god and i've tried to hide which is kind of interesting when you think about it cuz you can't but <laughs> but depending on how you grew up and what your relationship was with faith and how you understand it um you know for for me i believe very firmly there is a big difference between religion and your relationship with god and you know for me as i view it religion has a lot of rules and regulations and you know the these things it's very rigid and and your relationship with god not that it doesn't have any You know, there are still things like you should not do and, you know, things of that nature, but it's more about getting to know your creator and how he created you and being open to receiving the love that he has for you. Um, Because we are human. We are going to make mistakes. And that's, I mean, that's just, it is what it is. Some are going to be small and some are going to be big, but we are going to make mistakes, but we don't have to allow that to keep us away from the forgiveness that we need, to keep us away from, you know, allowing him to take the burdens that we carry, because we were never meant to carry them. And that is the the beauty in redemption and forgiveness. Like we were never meant to carry all of this guilt and, and just burden around with us. So, you know, when we get into that place where we question or we don't understand, um, because that was another thing too, especially when you look around at all of the things that happen in the world today and you, it's very easy to have that question come up. Well, you know, if God is real, right, then why do we have this? Why do people hate each other? Why do people, you know, why do we have war? Why do we have starvation? Like, why do you have children who starve to death? You know, why do you have parents who, don't want anything to do with their children like why do why do you have all of these things if you know god is so loving and caring and kind and all of this well because god's not a dictator he gave us free will and we're free to choose whether we want to follow him or not we're free to choose whether or not we want to you know take responsibility for our actions or whether we want to push the blame on somebody else We're free to choose that, but we're not free from the consequences that come. And so that's, you know, that's, that's the thing, you know, all of the stuff we see in the world today, God didn't make it happen. We did, you know, as human beings, as a human race, like we, (laughs) we created so much of what's happening today. And so when I'm in that place where I'm like, God, I don't understand, like this is, this is heavy on me. I don't understand. I have to go back to the word and I have to go back and read what he said because his promises are true and they don't come in our timing. They come in his timing. But what he tells me is, you know, you're, you're going to see this stuff happen. You know, it's, it's written in there. You will see, and you will hear of wars and nation will rise upon nation and, you know, family will rise up against family and all of these things. You will see this happen. Don't be afraid. I'm telling you it's coming, you know, but just know that these things have to happen. You know, there's an order to what's going on. You know, people oftentimes may want to think about, you know, well, if God loved Jesus so much, and why did he let him die? Well, because we weren't perfect, we screwed that up, (laughs) you know, and, you know, bless Adam and Eve, but we needed that. Mm -hmm. And when we can look from the standpoint of the sacrificial love of God, we can look from the standpoint of the sacrificial love of Christ to give himself up for us. And, and that is our example you know, we are to look at the lens, not the way that the world views it, but through the lens of how God sees us and how God sees his creation and the love that was there. That's not human love. It's not petty. It's not based on feelings, right? It's not based on emotions. It's not based on what have you done for me lately. It is simply a pure and unhindered love for his creation. I don't think that what's going on today in the world doesn't hurt God's heart. It does. But we make these choices. So, you know, he he will never like be like you follow me because well, I mean Jesus does say follow him, but he's not going to make you do anything because you have free you have free will to choose, but he's there inviting you mm. to come to him. So, and that's the choice that I made. I chose to lean into my faith and to let that be my guiding light. Um, because I feel like I was put here to be a light for other people, but only to show them the way to him. You know, like it's it's not come to me because crystal's crystal's not crystal's not the answer. (laughs) Crystal is a human being just like you who has flaws and all of the things like It's my job at this season in my life to be that light to light people to him.
1: Hmm, I love that. And you are doing such a great job of that with your podcast. I've loved listening to it myself. I know you did a series recently about walking on water, and there was an episode specifically on fear. And so I think if anyone's listening, you'd really enjoy that. So I encourage you to go and listen there. And so for you, Crystal, I'm sure this is probably a hard one, because I know you break down a lot of different parts of the scripture in your podcast, but what would you say has been the most impactful piece of scripture in your life?
0: Well, at this particular season, it's Jeremiah 29, 11, Um, and has been for the last several years, um, really digging into this. And it's, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you, you know, to do good things for you, to give you hope in a future. And that has been... A verse that I have clung to, especially in those times of fear and anxiety and worry and doubt. It just as a reminder that I got this, you know, like God is telling me, like, I know the plans that I have created for you, girl, like, (laughs) and they're good. So, like, relax, you know, relax and let's take this journey one step at a time. And, and yeah. Yeah. it's So that is a verse that I've really clung onto a lot is Jeremiah 29, 11, just to remind me that God has this, like God's got this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, that's so good. And I think that's a reminder all of us need. I know I'm constantly trying to remind myself to just give into the flow and allow myself to, you know, float through with ease. But it's really easy, especially when you have anxieties or you have these big goals, you just want to grab and grasp and paddle as hard as you can. Yes. When <laughs> Really, you just got to follow the flow. So I really love that. And along those same lines, do you have a favorite episode? I know you have like 170 episodes right now, which guys, Crystal started her podcast at like the same time as me or around, like within a couple months, maybe. And she has 170 episodes already. <laughs>
0: y'all when when god gave me this and said daily bread i was like oh yeah that sounds cute for a title and then um and then i was really frustrated because i hadn't started it yet and i was like i don't understand why i'm so frustrated and god was like because you didn't start your podcast yet and i was like oh well okay i was like okay well you know daily bread that sounds hard you know (laughs) it's a daily (laughs) it's a daily episode to which um you guys, God created me in large part for comic relief too. So just know that. To which he was like, Yeah, duh, you need me <laughs> for this. You know, <laughs> like you can't do it by yourself. <laughs> so there are many times when I play pray for strength and stamina and just, you know, all of the things. Um, but if there was, uh, there actually was one that I just did recently. And which one? Ah, okay. So. Episode 164. So this is a a really recent one. I think I just did it like the last week or so. Episode 164 called Demolishing Strongholds. And I actually feel like that is kind of perfect for any of your listeners who are struggling with trying to break free from worry, fear, doubt, anxiety, trying to really break away from the strongholds in their life that are just keeping them in this place where they don't feel like they can fully walk into being that person that they were created for. Because yes, friend, you were created for more. Like I promise you, no matter where you are right now, you were created for more. Mm -hmm. And so that episode, episode 164 is one that I would highly recommend. I, um, yeah, 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 yeah. That one was, yeah. That
1: one, when I was done with that one, I was like, whoo, that was good, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to have to go and listen to that one. I haven't heard that one yet, but it sounds great. And I know I can definitely relate to that idea of having to let go of the stronghold. So that's beautiful. And so being this like highly ambitious woman with this daily podcast, spreading the word of God to the world, amazing what would you say is your number one secret or number one piece of advice that you would give to our audience um, to help them in achieving their big dreams? Uh, Get in
0: alignment with with what God's plan is for you. Um, Again, like speaking from... My I can't separate my faith from what I do in the rest of my life. um years ago, I tried really hard to do that, and I had a secular life, and then I had a faith life, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, you know they they have their day to day and then they have their church life on Sunday. um but I'm not at a place where I can separate one from the other anymore um because it is so deeply infused in everything that I do. and the one thing that has really helped me move through a lot of that anxiety because I am a very ambitious person. I have y'all I have some really really big lofty things that um <laughs> that I believe um are coming but it has been only because I feel like that is what God is calling me to. And again, like this doesn't have it doesn't have anything to do with ministry per se. It's understanding and realizing like what your purpose what you're calling is here for you to do and whether that is to be a second grade teacher whether that is to be the ceo of a fortune 25 company whether that is to be a world traveler who tells everybody the best places to go on vacation you know it does not matter what your vocation is as long as you are in alignment and you are walking in the steps that you were created to be in that's where you are going to flourish. And you can tell when you're not there because you're frustrated, things don't work. It doesn't feel good. You know, it doesn't feel right. You talked about getting into your body um, earlier in the episode. And that is something else that has been very helpful as well is tapping back into, you know, we were created with intuition and all of these amazing, beautiful things. And when we will eliminate the distractions around us, and sit down and be still and be quiet, whether that's meditation, whether it's prayerful meditation, whether it's just quiet time, that's when you can really come back in and be like, okay, like, what, what do I need to know about this? You know, what? how do I really feel about this? And then listen, like, listen to your body, trust yourself. Trust yourself. <laughs>
1: Mm, Yeah, that's so good. And I love how, you know, we've kind of talked about this theme of fear being or sorry, this theme of faith being the antidote to fear. And now you sort of tied in another alliteration, which I obviously love anxious and ambitious, that alignment is sort of like an antidote to anxiety. Because if you're truly aligned with whatever this ambition is that you're doing, or however you're living your life, then I mean, going back to that other quote, you can do it without fear because you know that it's certain and you know that it's aligned. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And, and that is the beautiful thing about it is we will, we will always have fear. Okay. It, it doesn't go away. So just, you know, let's not be, um, <laughs> again, we're going to be transparent here. Like, fear is always there because that is the number one tool in the enemy's toolbox to get you to not do what you're supposed to be doing in life. You know, if if he can just get you to be afraid enough to do nothing, he doesn't have to get you to do anything bad. You don't have to go and hurt people or anything like that. Just go sit on your couch and watch Netflix instead of making that phone call to get booked on that podcast or to reach out to that person that you want to collaborate with, or to sit down and write a business plan. All the enemy has to do is give you enough fear, plant enough seeds of doubt for you to do nothing. Because when you do nothing, you are not fulfilling your purpose and calling that you were created to do. So like it, it, I am so big in this hole because Again, I was very fearful for a long time. What are people going to think about me? What are people going to say about me? What are people going to whatever, you know, if I decide I'm going to step out and do this. And I finally read something or heard something somewhere that said, you know, we spend all this time worrying about what other people think about us. And the truth is they don't think about you. Like they're so worried and self-absorbed in their own space, like they don't have time to think about you, you know, (laughs) and that kind of really was like, "Mm, that's true. That's true. Cause then I was like, well, Crystal, how much time do you spend thinking about other people? And, you know, like thinking poorly about them or whatever, you know, like how much time do you spend like that? And like, well, actually not that much. Cause I spend all of my time worried about what people think about me. (laughs) So friend, release yourself from that. Like just and who cares what they think anyway? Their opinion is temporary. God's opinion of you is eternal.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's so true. We spend so much time thinking about what other people are going to think about us when really they're spending a fraction of the amount of time hating on us or thinking these negative things about us that we think about ourselves, which is just crazy to think about. And so I want to wrap it up here, but I have one last question for you, because this has been something that I've been dealing with as I've been um, sharing more of my story and getting vulnerable on other people's podcasts, is I find that I get this voice that comes up where it's like, why did you say that? What are people going to think about that? And it's almost like an anxiety about the past, but also an anxiety about the future, because of course the episode's going to be published. So from a personal note, what advice would you give to anybody dealing with that like anxiousness about the past thing that they've done? Just remember
0: that number one, you are not the only person who's ever experienced that. You know, that is one of the things that, that gives us the anxiety about sharing, about difficulties that we faced in the past, trials that we have endured, um, mistakes that we have made, is we, for some reason, feel like we're the only one who's done it. We feel like we're the only one who's experienced it. And the truth is, there are many people who have gone through that same thing, they have faced that same difficulty. And and so that's one thing is really reminding yourself that you're not the only one, you know, you're not alone. And the second thing that helps um, is remembering that when you share your story, you are giving other people permission to share their story as well. You are giving other people permission To say, hey, look, listen, friends, (laughs) we've gone through a lot of stuff and I talked a lot of horrible trash about myself. um, And maybe you know what that's like. And instead of sitting over there in shame, you know, because, oh my gosh, like, why do I keep doing this to myself? Why do I keep self, you know, why do I keep sabotaging every good thing that comes? Instead of sitting over there in silence and being isolated in that struggle. When you hear someone else say, y'all, I spent the better part of two decades in a perpetual cycle of (laughs) self-sabotage. And I told you before, I was a little bit of a slow learner. It took me a while to realize what I was doing. That allows other people, it removes some of that element of shame. And, you know, why Brene Brown does such a wonderful job explaining so many of the aspects of shame and why we feel it and how it impacts us and the different you know, various levels of it um, and the reasons why it comes up, all of those things. But when we can start to open that up and instead of thinking from the perspective of what are people going to think about me when I share this difficulty that I went through, change your perspective. And think, how many people can I help by sharing the story of what I overcame? You know, how would this have helped me if I heard this story when I was in that place? And so it's really taking the focus off of yourself and putting it onto how can I help someone else with this? And that I think makes a world of difference in that voice that says oh you told people that like why are you airing all your dirty laundry like first of all
1: because everybody's got dirty laundry so let's go wash it you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh i love that perspective thank you for sharing that and i think this really just highlights the idea that so many of us are focused so much on these masks or are really just on ourselves when if we detach from focusing so much on that and focus more on our purpose of being here, then it removes all those fears, all those anxieties, all that shame, all that doubt. So that's yeah. really beautiful.
0: Yeah. And and again, it's a walk. Like it's a walk. We walk in this every single day and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. You know, that's that's the beauty of it. Oh, love it. And yeah. then we find friends to know that we don't walk it alone, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's the importance of developing your faith every single day. So to circle back around, like, I love that you're doing this daily podcast. And where can our listeners connect more with you, Crystal?
0: Uh, the best place to connect with me is through my website which is www.crystalfry.com and I know Nicole will put that down in the show notes because my last name is spelled kind of funky and so but the cool thing is is that from my website you can literally get to anything that you want about me. Um you can connect with me on social media. I hang out a lot on TikTok and on Instagram and you can check out different things about my ministry. The podcast has its own page on the website. You can find it on any platform that you want to listen to a podcast on. (laughs) Um, and then also, like I said, some of those free resources, like the five steps to get out of your own way ebook. Um, there's a place on there. If you have a specific prayer request, you can send that. And, um, it does come directly to me. Like it doesn't go to, you know, weird people or bots or anything like that. It comes directly to me. And I do take every single one of those, um, I do take them in prayer. So that is available for anyone who feels like they need it. And yeah, that's that's just the best. That's my one-stop shop. Like that's my hub um to get all the things. You can check out my book there. You can
1: look at all the things there. Beautiful. That's awesome. And you're definitely going to want to check her out. I mean, download that resource that she was talking about. Go check out her podcast because seriously, it's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing your time with us today, Crystal, and all of this wisdom. It's been amazing. Oh, it has been an absolute pleasure, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for sticking with us until the end of this episode. I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world if you could leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. It really helps this podcast to grow so that it can get in front of more amazing, anxious and ambitious people just like you. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of these future episodes. I have so many amazing guests lined up for you. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.